0: Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder.
1: I'm Alex Argo.
0: And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 81. Welcome back, guys. I trust uh, all of your apps are still in the App Store. Nobody's been kicked out.
1: So far, oh, yeah. so Good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, I guess there's uh, more than one reason to get kicked out these days besides not updating your app or something, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. A uh, couple new developments. Uh, we got search ads out now. You want to, Argo, you want to give us a little update on that?
1: Yeah, so last time we talked, um, they had kind of rolled out the interface where you could sign up and create campaigns and stuff like that, uh, so everybody and their mother went and did that. Um and the ads started showing up in the App Store again uh, just around the time we recorded last. Um, but now we've had a little bit of time to kind of um, see how they operate, and uh, we've been playing around with them a bunch on our side. Um, one thing that we noticed is, uh, you know, after the first day or so, it seems like people are getting the hang of how to, how to use them, and uh, there's a lot of people who are paying for ads on the keywords that our, our apps rank highly in and we saw a little bit of a drop off one day so we put some some money into it so i would say so far it's definitely uh negatively affected uh our apps um so yay indies apple is <laughs> awesome for indies uh but uh, i i'd say it's still pretty early um I'm hopeful that maybe things will settle down in a bit. We'll see. But yeah, so far they're, they're definitely uh, causing us to spend a little bit more money, which is not a trivial amount of money. I mean, hundreds of dollars a day. So there is that. And
0: so, yeah. <laughs> so you're having to spend, You're you're basically having to now have an advertising budget.
1: Well, we already... Just to
0: keep it the same download numbers that you've got? Yeah, we already, already
1: had an advertising budget. Um, but yeah, to keep our download numbers kind of the same as they were before, um, we're having to, to to pay a decent amount into search ads. Um, and, uh, I mean, we'll, like I said, we'll see how it goes from here. It's still pretty early, so things could change a bunch. But yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It sucks, but it's, I mean, it's not the end of the world, so.
0: You just need to be in subscriptions now, because that's where the discount is, right? Well, I guess with ads, you get all, basically, majority of your revenue, too.
1: Oh, yeah, we we get recurring revenue. All of our revenue is pretty much recurring for the most part um, with ads, so we get the same benefits of subscriptions in that regard, but we don't have to make users pay because no one wants to. Especially because it's a game. I mean, if maybe if it was a utility app, it would make more sense to make them pay or something like that. But, yeah. Yeah,
0: It just seems like Apple gives and then they take. (laughs) So they're taking away from your advertising revenue, but allowing people to have uh, more revenue from their subscriptions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I probably said this a while ago, too, but, I mean, the app store is just becoming... More mature, more like a real kind of a marketplace. A real, you have to do real businessy things now. And I mean, Google Play yeah. has had search ads uh, for a year or two already. Um, so Apple's just kind of playing catch up with everyone else. Uh, so I, I mean, it's an it's an inevitability of you know a kind of a mature marketplace. So I, I expected it to happen, and I'm sure there's other things that are going to happen. But if you you know, just kind of use sound business principles or whatever. Uh, it's it's still doable to make it in the app store, if you will. Right. Just takes a little more
0: skills, I guess.
1: Skills, money, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
2: You have to have a marketing budget to promote your app. Unless you have some other marketing channels that are, are free.
1: Yep. Well, and so... I, I will say real quickly that... Uh, you know, not all apps, I think, are going to be affected the same way. Uh, if you're an app where you you use different marketing channels to get to your app now and people don't search for the specific keyword that your app is, you probably aren't really affected. I mean, if you're a generic game that people aren't searching for, the name of your game or something like that, you're probably fine. Um, or there's not much difference. But uh, ours happen to be ones where people like to search for uh, the keywords, and that's how we got a lot of our downloads. So.
0: I guess it's not something you can easily do word of mouth on, perhaps, or I don't know In your game, your app. It's I'm sure it's specific to that specifically. Oh yeah, there's nothing. Oh, a horrib- there's horrible, not like, horrible phrasing.
1: Yeah, there's not groundbreaking uh, newness to to our apps. They're just solid apps. There's it's not newsworthy. Uh, really, most apps aren't newsworthy, and people don't read about them. Uh, on blog post, uh, at release notes, actually, um, Christina Warren was giving a talk, and she was like, "I'm sorry, but I can't write an article about your app. Uh, we're past the point where people are interested in that, where they're even going to click on a news story if it's about a single app. Um, maybe roundups of a bunch of apps, but but even then, that's we're we're past that point. People aren't interested in that anymore. So, yeah, it's just got to treat it like a regular business."
2: Yeah. And to so, be fair, I don't think that's how people find your apps anyway. You know, it's yeah, you know, yeah, not having, my apps. <laughs> having well, even just anybody's apps. Kind of these sites that used to do a lot of the generic app reviews. You know, your regular consumer isn't necessarily going there to find out about apps. They're you know, you're better off getting published in you know something like better homes and gardens or you know something relevant to your target market games are a little bit more difficult uh, you know there's plenty of game oriented magazines but yeah. uh, there's just so many games that it's kind of hard to really make the stories interesting unless it's like a, a special interest story or local news story talking about you know indie developers that have had success in the local market. It's, you know, it's going to be a human interest story, basically. Yeah. Right.
0: So we we had a little Google event last week, and they announced the new iPhone. I mean, Pixel. (laughs) It does look shockingly like an iPhone, especially from the back, but only from the bottom half down. I still... You know, they put that fingerprint sensor on the back, just like the previous Nexus phones and Well I know well I know that's convenient for when you're reaching into your pocket, but it's not so convenient for when that phone is on your desk and you gotta flip it over to unlock it. It's just not that great of a design. I don't know. What do you guys feel like?
2: I hadn't really thought about it. That use case, I I was thinking it's not a bad place for the fingerprint sensor based on how most people hold their phone. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, if you do have it on your desk and you want to answer a phone call or send a a quick message or make a quick phone call, I guess you can answer the call without unlocking. Um, You're right. You'd have to pick up the phone to do it. You can't just unlock it while it's on your desk. Face up.
0: At least not with your fing, not with a fingerprint. I'm yeah. sure you could punch in a key code or something, but kind of takes away part of the the joys of having a fingerprint sensor.
2: Yeah, I think overall it's a decent-looking phone. It looks a lot like an iPhone, like you said. Um, I think the specs are pretty decent on it. Um, I I don't know anybody who saw it and said. They could justify spending that much money on it, and then the price point I think is pretty much right on with uh, the iPhone Seven as well. So it's pretty much from a if you're trying to decide between an iPhone and a Pixel, cost isn't going to be the the differentiator.
0: No, it it'll be your your loyalty to Android or not. Yeah, which B- honestly because... I think that's
1: how most people should buy phones is. Buy one with whatever platform you're you're comfortable with because they're they're pretty comparable at this point. But yeah, um, I did think it was kind of interesting that uh, they don't have any waterproofing uh, for the premium priced that it is. Uh, I mean, that's it's kind of been a standard feature in all the flagship phones, like the Samsung phones and the new iPhones now. Um, but they sure have that headphone jack. So
2: yeah, and they <laughs> made the they definitely call that out as yep. as a feature.
0: <laughs> I bet it's a little bit more fireproof than the Galaxy Note 7.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it does not explode, which is or at least we've heard, which is always good. I guess it's not out yet, <laughs> yeah. so maybe it has that same issue, but
2: <laughs> and I believe it's got the USB-C. Yeah, traditionally an Android phone right. has the micro USB charger. This one has the USB-C, which kind of makes me well, wonder they're... if if Android devices were to eventually get rid of the headphone jack. Um, you know, is there ever going to be enough momentum to get headphone manufacturers to create a lightning and a USB-C connector?
0: So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, set you straight a little bit here before our Android fans phone in. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the Nexus 6 line or the the 6P and the 4 Five X, which are the last generation of Nexuses, both had USB C.
2: Yeah, and and I wasn't suggesting it was a new connector. It's just you know going back to the headphone jack conversation. Uh, I kind of ha- would hate to be a headphone manufacturer and have to decide or have three different flavors of my headphones: the uh, Lightning, USB C, and uh, the regular analog audio jack. That just yeah. well, seems that, like a mess from that perspective.
0: Well that's why I'm a little bit mad at Apple for dumping the headphone, Jack. That that little dongle that they give you really has a, a subpar digital analog converter in it. Yeah, you, know, you can hear kind of an echoey sound out of it compared to plugging straight in. Yeah. And really you can I tell can't... a difference? Yeah, yeah, you can.
2: I think you know it's also kind of at the end of the day you know, it's got to get converted to analog anyway for the, the speakers. So, right. You know, I while I agree with Phil Schiller, it's, it's very antiquated technology from the uh, traditional audio jack. Um This kind of take playing the digital card. It's not necessarily buying you anything because it still has to be converted somewhere.
0: Yeah. Well, the wheel still is an antiquated technology, but, we still use it pretty extensively and it works pretty well. Yeah. You don't you don't see Apple going around saying we're going to take all the wheels off the of cars and replace them yeah. with squares or or no wheels and and here's here's a dongle to carry your car with.
2: And at the same time, you know, sales for headphones um for wireless headphones has surpassed wired headphones uh, this year. So, the market is definitely going towards wireless, but if you want to read a little bit extra into it, you know some people speculated part of the motivation of getting rid of the headphone jack is to kill off the uh alternative payment processing services like square and and other things Of course, that's more accepting payment than than paying at store or at a point of sale
0: yeah. Actually, I just used a uh Square pay. I think it was Square payment device on Saturday, where it was wireless. It was like I think it was a Bluetooth connection. I'm not really sure. Yeah.
2: They they have a one is this with the uh, chip contactless? Reader? Oh, the chip reader. Okay. Yeah. A lot of those vendors are coming out with Bluetooth alternatives rather than doing a Lightning adapter one, uh, which the Lightning adapter arguably is a little too week to, you know, swipe a card on, you know, you have, you run the risk of breaking off that connector, perhaps, according to uh, some posts that I read. Uh, so I've I've seen a few of the manufacturers do the Bluetooth accessory, uh, but you might question how secure Bluetooth is for payment processing. I think traditionally, you know, a, a larger retailer might turn off Bluetooth on a device that's used uh as a line busting or mobile payments mobile point of sales solution.
1: Yeah, I really don't think the there is much motivation from the payment solutions on this. I, personally, I kind of feel like aside from using the word courageous, Apple uh kind of has done a really good job of the transition to headphones. I mean, it, it's it's inevitable. I haven't been buying wired headphones uh for years and uh I mean, it's just like the floppy drive and the CD-ROM and all that stuff and the DVD-ROM. I mean, it, the writing was on the wall and they they did a good job of the messaging and the controlled leaks ahead of time to, uh, um, kind of message that it was going away so that we weren't all surprised. Although it seems like some people were still surprised well, when th- they finally th- got rid of it.
2: I think there's the people who follow those tech news sources that knew it was coming and then there's kind of the the mass media uh, that if nothing else it made for a good story there wasn't a whole lot interesting to say about the iphone other than the fact that it was waterproof and the headphone was gone jack was gone
1: yeah i do have to say the verge uh neilai patel i think in in particular uh really was hammering on about the the lack of a headphone jack and i'm sure it got him a lot of page views but
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> it was more about, you know, I don't want to say clickbait, but it was it was, oh, it was qu- something. It was clickbait. <laughs> easy to to focus on. And and I I this isn't out of character for Apple at all. I mean, they have a history of they removed floppy drives early on before most other manufacturers. They removed CD-ROMs, they moved the ethernet port. I mean, and Ethernet's still a thing. People still want to plug in the Ethernet ports, but now you got to buy an adapter and hope you remember to bring it with you.
0: Or go to the Apple store and buy another one. Yeah, I always yeah. forget
1: those darn things, but I don't normally need them, so... <laughs>
2: so this right. just I've got
0: a couple of, sitting around now.
2: This fits into their MO, so you know I, I don't necessarily think it was out to kill off alternative payment solutions, but it certainly... Uh, killed off certain devices in their lineup that no longer work with the latest and greatest iPhone.
0: Well, I still have a year, I think, because I have not ordered a phone yet, and I'm I'm unlikely to at this point.
2: I've been trying to get a test phone uh, for for work, and that's proven to be a little bit more difficult. So they don't currently have truly unlocked phones contract free unlocked phones yet okay so the verizon phone has a different chip in it it's manufactured by a different um
0: it's the qualcomm chip yeah
2: and then uh intel's the the other one yeah at&t the at&t phone and i think all the others have the intel so the qualcomm supports multiple it it's not just gsm so you can use it on at&t verizon and i think T-Mobile, maybe even Sprint. So that's as close to Sprint, an unlocked okay. phone as you can get. But you can't buy it online unless you have a Verizon account. So you have to go to the store to get it.
1: Mm-hmm. It seems like it normally takes a couple of months before they have unlocked phones easily purchasable. I think it's probably just a matter of time.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely been the case in the past. I was just hoping to get an iPhone 7 in for testing sooner than later and Got yeah we were talking to, feedback <laughs> yeah you know, going back to the google event you know none of my android friends are running out and buying a pixel some of them are actually considering an iphone 7 which i find kind of an interesting uh, switch and i think they're you know whether they have a samsung phone or some other phone that's that they're ready to replace I guess they didn't get all that excited about the pixel or any of the alternatives out there. You certainly aren't likely to buy Samsung with all the press they've been getting lately.
0: Yeah. The, well, yeah, the pixels is a solid, it's a solid phone, but a lot of the Android guys that I know, they were waiting for a good replacement to the Nexus five And then Google came out with the 5X and the 6P and they jumped all over that. And this year is just not a good enough upgrade for them. So they're not really that excited.
2: And I don't know how the price compares, but usually they, I think the previous Nexus phones hit a lower price point or at least one of the Nexus
1: phones was like this pristine Google experience, but a cheap phone that developers could use and with pixel they've said no we're going premium forget this stuff and we're even gonna you know brand the phone google all the way yeah it's gonna be upscale and all this stuff so
2: and and i think that's why they use pixel instead of nexus uh for the name of the phone just to kind of distinguish it as their premium brand um and the nexus is kind of the the generic brand if you will the vanilla
0: um, yeah, anything in their Pixel line has always carried a premium price Yeah, their, their Pixel Chromebooks Pixel were like Chromebook.
2: $1,300, $1,200 and uh, they were more expensive than a MacBook Air but mostly just a browser-based device
0: Yeah, and then there was the Pixel C, their tablet that they released last year which was a very good tablet but yeah, still a, a premium tablet
2: so one of the things that kind of differentiated this the Pixel from the iPhone Seven, and also kind of crosses over to some of their other new products, is the the Google Now AI assistant is kind of built in, always there, very um, very much integrated into the experience, and arguably much more intelligent than a lot of the alternatives out there in terms of. Like Siri and, and some other uh, AI assistants, and during the event they talked about how they model things and how it's improved. That that seemed to be a big focus of of the event, and you know they certainly have invested a lot in in the software side of things. Hardware is still very much a new new business for them.
0: Yeah, but if you had watched I.O., you didn't see a lot that was new and exciting to talk about. So I I found myself waiting for the end of the keynote to hurry up.
2: I think they even announced Nougat like several months before that. So, you know, they didn't really, for one reason or another, they chose not to wait for the event. They just kind of pre-announced Nougat. So they didn't leave a whole lot of surprises for Google I.O.
0: Now. And I really thought that this year Apple was going to announce something like the Google Home device or the Amazon Alexa or Echo, but th- and a lot of things that they announced in the keynote pointed towards it, but it really hasn't happened, at least not yet. I mean, we could have a, what you know, like they would call in the election stuff, a uh, October surprise as far as a... <laughs>
1: Apple is obviously working on some type of voice assistant thing, and it's probably coming, but this is kind of the difference between Apple and Google is Apple is way better about the marketing. They're not going to announce it six months ahead of time and then get no buzz around the time when it actually releases. They're going to not say anything until they're like, hey, you can pre-order in a week or tomorrow yeah. or tonight or whatever. It's available now. They so, don't do that much yeah. anymore. but
2: <laughs> Yeah, so Google pre-announced the Google Home device, which is the Alexa competitor at Google IO I think it was and then yes. at this event this October event they opened up pre-orders for that and I know several people who bought those because it's a relatively low price point and potentially a cool device um but I you know they've got a some pretty stiff competition with Amazon that's already got a decent amount of traction they've got at least three different flavors of the device, if not four. They've got the the original echo, the tap version, which is the echo, but you can it's portable and you tap it to invoke the the voice commands. The voice uh right to get it to listen for voice commands. And then they have these dots which are kind of the little hockey bucks that you can put all around your house.
1: Yeah, those sold out so fast, I think, that they stopped selling them, made some improvements, and now they're selling them uh, in 6 and 12 packs. <laughs>
0: yeah. 12 packs, too? Yeah. And Yeah,
2: then, uh... I,
1: I actually bought a 6-pack for my house, because we have uh, an Echo, and the nice thing about the Echo is that it does way better at uh, integrating with home automation stuff. Apple has HomeKit, but the as you guys know, the HomeKit hardware has been really slow to roll out, but... Uh, it's it's much more compatible with you know things so i've got all my lights and stuff on it but yeah it's it's a pretty good product
2: and i think it's pretty easy for developers to add or extend the functionality of it i think you have to prefix it with some sort of identifier for the app when you give a command but you know it, it can be extended and i think the google home can as well and the google home might be an excellent device but Google does not have a great history of marketing, like you said, and they also Mm -hmm. don't have a great history of standing behind their consumer electronics products. They've had several kind of set-top boxes and audio players and such that they've released and just let die. So, you know, if it were a more expensive device, I think people would be in that community, it would probably be a little bit hesitant to invest, knowing that there was a chance in hardware, knowing there's a chance that Google would just stop updating it.
0: Well, I think it's definitely priced right now to make it easy for people to consider purchasing it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, if you it's, look it's at the, the, right the price, price point. of it,
0: yeah, the price of it compared to the Echo, I think the Echo is about fifty dollars more expensive.
2: I think there's different varieties. So I think there's a version of the echo that doesn't have the nicer speakers. So if you want to save a little bit of money, you can do that or you can do the tap or you can do the dot.
0: Yeah. Well, for a while you could only order a dot using your echo. You had to ask the echo to buy you a dot.
1: There is ways around that though.
2: (laughs) That's not true anymore. And you know, you can't visit Amazon's website without being pushed, uh, into uh, some sort of Echo device, pretty heavily.
0: Yeah, and I like mine. I really do. And I'm kind of a sucker for Bluetooth speakers, and especially the smart ones now. So I did order a home, and uh, I'll I'll let people know on this podcast how I how I like it compared to the Echo.
2: It it seems like a good product. It just you know, Apple is a hardware manufacturer first, software company second. Google's uh advertising company first, software second and hardware third. Yeah. And I, Amazon's <laughs> it'll, going to continue to be pretty to, bad to dominate that market yeah. for a while, I think. Yeah. Google's it'll be pretty bad
0: be- if <laughs> okay. It'll be pretty bad if I'm talking to my wife about something and then the next thing I see on my Google homepage is an advertisement for that thing. As soon as that happens, that Google Home thing is going in the trash.
1: I'd be surprised if that know. doesn't already happen with your Amazon stuff.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean it's it's always listening for its keywords first before it records anything.
1: It'll be interesting to see
2: if anybody does a, a, a good side by side comparison about how intelligence the AI side of it is between the Echo and the Google home device or Google now, I guess it's really the underpinning.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm actually expecting Google to, to clean up on that one. I don't know that Amazon quite has that level of sophistication yet.
1: Nor does Apple for that matter.
2: <laughs> well, Apple, Apple's doing it with their hands tied behind their back where Google's got a pretty big bench of really smart people who have been doing kind of this indexing and language parsing for a very long time. So they, they definitely have a good foundation for it.
0: Yeah. You know, interestingly, the, the people that created Siri and then demoed that, that Viv project, yeah. they're now working at Samsung. So we might have yet another player in this market at some point.
2: Yeah, and the Viv team left Apple because of the restrictions of not being able to do the work server side. So they yeah. they wanted to be a little bit less constrained. the yeah. The demo of it was was pretty good. It, it could understand context in a long string of concatenated commands and kind of kind of like a query language of sorts of being able to construct an answer from a lot of related filtering topics.
0: Yeah. I'm not so sold that voice is the next big interface into our devices, at least not our phones. Yeah. An assistant in the house is one thing, but when you start talking into your phone on the subway or on the bus People are just going to look at you weird, and you're not going to you're not going to want to do that.
1: Well, well, Samsung so. doesn't just sell phones that explode; they also sell uh, washers and dryers that explode, and all kinds of <laughs> home stuff. That so they'll they'll come out with their home product too that you can talk to. Yeah, it's not and necessarily that, just know, for the phone. <laughs>
2: and one that you stick in yeah. your ear, so when it explodes, a little more collateral damage, maybe
0: for some people, I guess.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I so, I think the concept is good. Um, my wife points out that it probably takes me longer to ask Siri to do something than it would be for me to just unlock the phone and do it myself.
0: Well, it's that thick Kiwi accent you have.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, well yeah, you Siri can do stuff can...
1: easier with a keyboard and a command line, but it's easier to discover a lot of times. I think that's... yeah when we had to get these new abstractions uh it seems like it's the ease of use for for most people not the power users that makes them win out
2: i'm definitely looking forward to the advancement of the ai in terms of the assistant side of things and it understanding the context of your environment and providing useful information um i think where we're at right now you can give it commands but it yeah, you know, it's still not jarvis helping you augment your perspective of your surroundings so yeah, i think we'll it's a long way to go before it's like truly innovative Um it's definitely innovated in how good the speak speech recognition and parsing and identifying objects and intent from where we were just okay. a few years ago but
0: yeah, it, it'll it, it'll keep improving, and keep getting better.
2: Yeah, yeah but, I think so. It's just barely the, an improvement over, you know, it barely improves the quality of life, and someday <laughs> it might actually have a a significant impact. I mean, there's certainly people with disabilities where it's it already is that innovative, life changing technology, but right. So not not to not to undersell it either it's it's an important technology, yeah.
0: yeah, but when your voice gets hoarse from yelling at your phone all day to do stuff, then you're gonna think twice about unlocking your phone, yeah, just using the screen oh. but, so now, let's uh switch gears here, dash app, you guys I'm sure are familiar with that if you i think one of you turned me on to it, to using it, especially in conjunction with Alfred. It might have been you, Argo.
1: Seems like a thing I these... would have said. But yeah, yeah Dash is days... a really cool documentation browser that lets you look at all kinds of crazy documentation all in one place. And it's just and...
2: not Xcode iOS centric. It's It's applies to lots That's... of different languages.
0: Right. All kinds of libraries and tools and things and but our podcast is not sponsored
1: by a dash today (laughs) there's been trying to keep your apps in the
0: store are you (laughs) yes so how about that he had he was trying to migrate his app dash to a uh, commercial account not just a private developer account and it was all set to go through and then apple said no we're removing your accounts
1: so before yeah. we move on i just want to point out that if you're going to if you haven't started an account or if you already have an existing account right now where you're uh just have a sole proprietorship account even if you're just one person go get an llc go get a duns number and create a legit business account uh, because there's all sorts of problems that can arise from not having one. Um, you open yourself up to all kinds of liability. Just, just do it. <laughs> but continue yeah. on, Sam. There
0: is, there is a little extra expense involved in in setting up the uh, LLC. But in general, it's not difficult, especially as a sole proprietor LLC. I mean, most individuals are going to be that anyway. You yeah, really want he, to make
1: uh, all the money that you have separate from your personal stuff, though, because uh, that's that's where it seems like the Dash creator got in trouble.
0: Right, because his... Um, so he get, did get his app pulled and his accounts revoked, and then there was some back and forth about Apple not allowing any appeals, and then over the weekend, there were some more developments. Seems like it was a really popular for weekend for crazy developments, wasn't it?
1: Oh well, yeah, it was interesting because yeah. the developer community was all like, "Oh, this poor guy! You know what's happened to him? You know, right. you, you need to tell us what's going on here, Apple. This is ridiculous." Everyone's tweeting Phil Schiller and all the developer evangelists and stuff like that, and they're on his side, uh, giving him the benefit of the doubt.
0: Because Apple accused him of creating fake reviews and having some fraud related to fake reviews.
1: Yeah. So we were kind of waiting to see, you know, what's going to come of this. And then uh, on Monday, the same day uh, that we recorded this week, um, Apple came out with a statement that was like, yep, there is like 25 apps and a 1,000 fraudulent uh, reviews on those apps and competitor apps uh, on his account. And everyone just kind of turned on the poor guy. Like, I saw a tweet that was like, this, this poor guy has committed career suicide. Uh, he's, he's done all this um, bad stuff. And people were like, well, where are all these apps? Because I don't remember seeing all these other apps that were linked with his account. So something it seemed like something was amiss
0: yeah it just keeps getting thicker and thicker right so he says that he used his credit card to pay for a developer account for a relative and that all this fraudulent activity was under this relative's account well,
1: <laughs> and the, and the best part is well it, it's very interesting but so apple said you know we and they're thing that they released they said yeah there's all this fraudulent activity we verified it uh we notified the developer multiple times and so as soon as this post came out with him everyone was you know call him out saying oh never want to work with this guy again on twitter and stuff like that he had to respond um and so it turns out what happened like sam said is uh once you pay with the same account and apparently uh he gave his relatives some other devices, there is some link that the fraud team uses to uh, to track fraudulent activity. And since he paid with the same card, this is why well, you should be using your own separate business stuff for everything. They were linked. And so they notified this this relative's account, but they never notified the guy uh, who creates Dash. And it, it was all really murky and then he posted the phone call he had with Apple on his blog post about it, which... Uh, so it sounds like basically Apple said, hey, this is a bad situation. We'll we'll reinstate your account, but you have to do a blog post. At first they said admitting that you were wrong. And he was like, well, no, I didn't do anything wrong. My, my friend did who there is this linkage that I never even knew about. You never notified me. And Apple was like well, maybe if you just explain it and they kept in their phone call, they just kept saying, just make sure that you don't put any fault on Apple. Um, But, but after they came out with this thing and said that they notified him and all this stuff, he released this phone call and he said, Hey, this is what happened. So he explained what happened and, you know, it seems like a reasonable mistake for Apple to make. um, But I can't imagine they're happy about this, this phone call being posted on his website
0: i wouldn't think so and if you're in the state of california and you record a phone call i believe that that is a violation of that other party's privacy
1: yeah it's a two-party consent state i believe
0: right so careful about recording phone calls at least without the knowledge of the other person
1: yeah, so who knows if it was even legal that he posted or recorded and posted this this phone call? I'm not sure what the laws are in Romania, where I think this guy is from. But I mean, he was understandably upset, and Apple is kind of—I don't know. I would I would call it libeling him, or uh, I mean, they're they're making false statements about him in my in my opinion. So yeah it's right. and who knows what's what's going to come up you know after this 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 only happened a few hours ago, so there may be more developments by the time you guys hear this podcast but it just seems oh, like I'm a really sure. bad situation
0: yeah I'm sure there will be more developments this is this is not going to end right here, but hopefully it ends well for all parties involved and yeah you know, Apple can maybe go back and refine its fraudulent activity detection and yeah i'm sure they're using the same types of software from well like ibm is very big into fraud detection software and you know they have these business business partnerships with ibm so they could be using something like that and uh, it probably just needs a little tweaking or at least the practices around it when they discover fraud yeah but some tweaking
1: i mean to be clear it, it does look like there was fraud so you know someone did do do what apple said that they did it it just is this magical linkage in the background that he was not even aware of had happened uh and that i guess that's what burned him so i'm i'm curious if there's like is there a place where you can see all the accounts that your apple ids are linked to like you know what happens if one of my business partners or someone i worked with at a different company whose account is somehow magically linked to mine goes and and does something like that like does that have the potential to like remove all the apps i've ever worked on from the app store i mean it's kind of scary you know what yeah. could potentially well, happen
0: i would i would assume that if you pay for something twice with the same personal credit card that the linkage that that's the same person is pretty strong. And in this case, he's claiming it not to be, and we have no reason not to give him the benefit of the doubt.
2: And I'm sure there's plenty of nefarious uh, companies out there that have used, created multiple accounts to to game the system. You know, like the template apps that would basically copy games and other things and just keep putting more apps out there and and try and uh, stay ahead oh, of Apple by creating new accounts. So it's, you know, it seems likely that the credit card is one of the easiest ways to identify linkage.
0: Right, and do you have personal devices going from one account to the other account? Uh, Apple didn't jump the gun when they assumed that this was the same person it's a a lot of reasonable links to to say that it was the same person
1: yeah i mean the two things they said in the phone call that linked them together was the test device ids and the the payment being the exact same type uh so i i'd be kind of scared to sell my my old test device is on Craigslist or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit tinfoil <laughs> hat here. <laughs> yeah. well, just
0: I, don't box up your personal credit card with them.
1: I th- yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it's worth giving everybody involved the benefit of the doubt. And Apple was trying to prevent you know bad things from happening. Because you know you would be just as upset, if not more so, if Apple let somebody copy your app. And pretend to be you. And Apple did nothing right. about it. So, I mean, these safeguards are in there for a reason. Um, I I think the, the more questionable part is, you know, without the Internet getting riled up about it, typically you don't have any course of action. There is no appeal process when Apple decides to ban you. There's no... Yeah, I, I think there was a statement that they didn't provide him inf- information, which I guess is true since it went to a different account and not his account. But um
1: but if they it seems like if you're going to remove stuff from a specific account, you should talk to that account's owner. Yeah. I guess they had thought it was the same person, so they thought they had contacted him, so yeah. I just wonder if they had like done a little bit more digging and just gotten in touch with them and say, hey, we're going to shut down this account that you just put in a request for rather than just doing it. I don't know. And being like, okay, they could have figured out that something was amiss. Although I guess if you're looking at it from Apple's perspective, they're like, hey, I'm pretty sure this person created a thousand, you know, fake reviews and is doing app store review manipulation. We can't allow this as part of our ecosystem. I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from. I just, I, w- I wonder if there's a way that in the future something like this could be avoided. But yeah, if you're, that's one of the risks you take if you're solely on Apple platforms is that they're they're the gatekeeper. Just like if you were uh, selling some product in in Walmart or something, Walmart could say, yeah, we don't want to carry your product anymore. And then you're out of business.
2: Right. So I think it's also worth mentioning that this is primarily a Mac app. I think you might have iOS apps as well for Dash.
0: He has a iOS viewer as well so i think it's more for ipad than phone that was probably a little bit more documentation browser
2: that was probably a little bit more painful than getting kicked out of the app store i I would suspect he'd probably prefer to do sales outside of the app store the only issue is people who bought the mac app wouldn't be able to get updates
0: ah that's where you're wrong because he provides a migrator utility that will Basically look to see that you have the app installed and I guess look for a receipt or something. And then
1: okay.
0: it uh, generates a license code for you and allows you to download that license file. But it, I actually it, migrated my app over the weekend to that one.
1: Although un- unless he gets reinstated um, and if you've deleted, if you're like, oh, I'm not going to use this developer's app, they got whatevered. Um, you haven't been following this for some reason it's not getting updates, you delete the app you, there's no way to re-download it uh, unless right. they reinstate his account right. Um, right? and then you wouldn't that's the only way you'd have the receipt is if you have the app still on your device
2: yeah, and I suppose yes. like unless he's stored receipt server side for all the purchases for validation purposes he wouldn't have any course of action to fix that other than yeah. give out a free version of the app
0: Right, but we're also not talking about a hundred-dollar productivity app. We're talking about an app that runs for around fourteen dollars, twelve, fourteen dollars, something like that.
2: Yeah, and it's you can use it for free, but there are features that are locked. And while you're in the free trial, um, it's pretty much the same functionality. But you know, one of the things that happens after the trial ends is uh, if you search for something, there's a Artificial delay, yes. To kind of, kind of use the psychology of impatient people—that I can't a, stand the wait five seconds, stick. so I'm going to pay for the app. And it does, you know, right. it does a lot more than Document Viewer. I think it does code snippets as well, and it may even have some of this. Does it have it, a quick launcher or too, or some some other functionality? Um,
0: it does allow you to annotate documentation. There's a there's a few things. It's not just a one stop documentation browser.
2: Yeah. But I you know, it's it's a fairly well used app, very well received. I think it's won awards, maybe not an Apple Design Award, but um you know, most people have nothing but good things to say about it and I've seen a decent number of Ruby developers, Node developers using it as well, uh, because they want A good way to to browse documentation for other platforms.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's end our sponsorship spot for Dash. (laughs) That's probably about all the time we have for tonight. Uh, Do you guys want to tell us where we can find you on the internet?
2: You can find me on Twitter at AJ Robinson. I'm at Alex
1: Argo.
0: And I'm at Sam Corder. the podcast is at Shared Inst. And uh, if you want to join in on this discussion with us, you can get on to our Slack chat at chat.sharedinstance.com. And uh, as always, feel free to reach out. And, uh, talk to you guys later.
1: Later. Later. One one quick bit of follow-up, though. It uh, looks like in Romania, where he lives, it is legal to... Uh for a private party to record a phone call. So there's that. (laughs) Talk to you guys next week.